Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. Foot homemade oak bar, pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris. That is Craig. The season is about to come to an end. We'll sit back, we'll watch some playoff baseball, and then it'll be time to fix this team, you know, or improve this team. Not really fix it. We're in a rebuild. As, as much as Ben Sherrington doesn't want to call it a rebuild, this was year one of a rebuild, right, Craig? Yeah, I mean, they kind of started it a little bit. Marte was the most valuable guy he got in the beginning when he came on. You know, 2019, so the 2019-2020 offseason. One to see which guys were going to perform, which guys weren't. Well, in 2020, nobody did. And so he looked at it and said, which guys do I think are going to bounce back? Who can I get the most for? And began to tear it down and made, you know, the Bell trade, made the Tyon trade, made the Musgrove trade, now Adam Frazier trade. So, yeah, I mean, at this point in time, anybody who wants to call it a build, I mean, you can if it makes you feel better, but it, it's a full-on rebuild. You're you're going to lose 100 games this year. You better be in a rebuild. Well, come on now. I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, if you weren't in a full rebuild and you lost 100 games, you should be ticked off as a fan. So it, it, it's a rebuild. I mean, they, they're doing what they're, they're saying what they're saying for public relations reasoning, but it's it's a rebuild. They're they're basically tearing it down and building it back up again. They've got a nice little group now that's showing up on a lot of prospect lists that that are their players. They're they're fixing that up. They're looking for some talent. And now in the offseason, you're gonna have to sit down and say, okay, what do we have of value? And what do we have that we can part with? And what's in the way? And what is not in the way really yet, because the guy that we think is going to take over that position isn't going to be ready yet next year. So we we could still stick with that guy in that position or we can go explore something. Because here's the thing. There's there's two things that happened in 2022 for the Pittsburgh Pirates. One, you're you're building again with all of your guys in the minor leagues. You might go out and get yourself a prospect or two and, and you know, you're going to you're going to be developing all this player development. That that's one of the main focuses. The other thing that's going on is that you're hoping that not only are the guys that are going to be around when this thing is finally good, not only are they improving at the major league level and building a career, but that there might be one or two guys that take at least enough of a step that they become a player of value that you can move for even more wealth in your system because that's the only way you get good these days. You want sustained wealth in your system. You want sustained wins. You want it to be a window that lasts for a decade, not a build that just try to win in a one or two year uh, period of time. And then you're right back down to the bottom again. And so, so that's what next year is going to be all about. I believe 
Yeah, and it's it's going to be a balancing act over the next few years with you know the the forty man roster construction with guys becoming Rule Five eligible at the same time. Depending on when you guy you bring guys up, uh, they could be you know arbitration eligible at the same time, and maybe not everybody gets the arbitration, or you give it to them and you end up dealing them. And at some point in time, these these lovely prospects that you're you know that you're falling in love with and and that you want to succeed, some of them are going to fail. Some of them are hopefully going to succeed. And then other ones, you're going to trade at some point in time for pieces on the major league roster. Right. You're going to have to be one of the teams to make those types of moves. So when people, like we've talked about before, Chris, and you're trying to make these you know, roster projections for, for even next year, but 2023, 2024, it's like, well, what if Cruz sticks at shortstop and uh, then you have, you know, Gonzalez at second base and, you know, Lyover Peguero takes a step back or there's not really a space for him and you could move him to the outfield, but you got guys out there and there's somebody that really wants him and they're going to give you you know, one of their better players for it with him and a couple lottery tickets that you have sitting down in the complex league or Bradenton or wherever it would be at. And then you move on from him. So for more to me now, it's evaluating these players, developing these players and hoping that two or three of these guys at a position work out. Right. And you know what? This is a much more complicated process than just saying, get rid of whatever talent you can, bring in whatever prospects you can. you got to bring in the right guys. And then you also have to develop them properly. And then you got to make sure you got the right manager at the helm. There's a lot of things that have to happen. Like here, case in point, before we get into what you want to do today, because what you told me beforehand, I think it's a great idea. I can't wait to do this. It's going to be a lot of fun today on uh, Bucks in the Basement. But there, are, here, let me just rattle off a couple of teams that have recently gone through rebuilds, or builds, or whatever you want to call it. And this year expected to make the postseason, all right? You have a team like the Chicago White Sox. They just won the AL Central a few days ago. They're 89 and 68 as we sit here and record. They'll finish with over 90 wins. They'll go in as not one of the top seeds in the American League. They're going to be the third seed out of the three division uh, winning teams, but they're going to go in there and they're going to compete for a postseason. A lot of people think that they're going to do very well. They've got an excellent shot of going deep into the playoffs. Then you have a team like the Toronto Blue Jays, who, you know, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, uh, Kevin Biggio, all these all these players, uh, Alex Manoa, the pitcher, they, they did an awful good job of building things, and yet they sit two games behind where the White Sox are in the win column, one back in the loss column, and what that has put them at is a game back in the wild card race right now for that second spot. And two back, it looks like, from the number one spot in the wild card race with just a few games left to go. Will they make it? Will they not make it? No idea. They did the exact same thing. They planned. They traded. Shouldn't they be in the postseason? It's not automatic. And then you look at a team like the Padres. Oh, God. We're at 500 right now, who have been eliminated from everything with a week to go. An absolute and utter disappointment. And remember, this is a team that ended up with a wild card in Tatis built an incredible pitching staff full of young arms, but struck out on Mackenzie Gore, at least so far. Luis Patino was not all world as they expected him to be. And Manny Machado, the $300 million man, 
when they outbid the White Sox for him and the Sox went in a different direction and how they were going to spend their money. Back then, a couple years ago, people were like, oh man, don't the White Sox wish they were the Padres? Guess what? The Padres wish they were the White Sox. It's one little decision two years ago that could be the difference in what those two teams are doing this year. So there's so many different curves and twists and forks in the road. And as fans, we can sit here and we can evaluate and we can talk about what we like and we can, we can, and it's fun. But in the end, you're hoping as a fan that Charrington knows what he's doing and he's got the right guys doing player development and scouting. Because if he doesn't, these are just names on a piece of paper that are high prospects that when it all comes together, if it doesn't come together correctly, will mean nothing. All right. So if you're going to do a rebuild, you really hope they're doing a good job. And that's why it takes a couple of years. That's why it takes three to four years when a team starts bottoming out and making these moves. And we're right in the thick of it right now. Yeah. And you could be a team like the Giants that get a bunch of old guys and some four <laughs> A players and some decent pitchers. I know. And, and put together a, a a team that could shock the Dodgers. I mean, that's that's where you're at. Right. And, you know, here's the thing. It all comes down to, first of all, money. What kind of budget do you have? So then that tells you what kind of plans you can actually go out there for. Remember, I, I want to say it was about a year or so ago, we said, well, maybe the Pirates need to find that one thing that the rest of baseball hasn't figured out. Maybe they need to go to, like, small ball and and, and old school baseball and, and uh, advancing runners with the bunt and speed and defense because it's easier to go out and pay for that. Like, that was something we threw out there. There, there, there's a million different ways you can put a team together. You don't know how it's going to come together in the end. I mean, I, I love the way that they, if you, if you look at what they did in Chicago, they went out and they got a lot of players from the same homeland. I think they've got something like five Cuban players on that team. Since they, oh, they got the pipeline, man. they've got the pipeline and then they've got guys from the Dominican and they, they've got, they've got a lot of South American players and then they've got, they, and they went out and they got personalities too. I mean, Tim Anderson is a boisterous personality you know, that's a guy who walks into a locker room and says, let's, let's go, you know, and, and they have all these different personalities and that took time to build that. That's very different from just filling out like names on a prospect list, which is what it looks like they did in San Diego. San Diego is more how many big names can we get? But did they come together? Did they was the was it the right manager that was at the helm? And so all of these things are are all going to be factors here over the next couple of years with the Pittsburgh Pirates. But you wanted to get into who we should keep and who we should move on from, correct? Yeah. I was going to do it in a little bit of a different way because instead of just throwing out names, because a lot of these names that are on the bubble that's who we're going to pick from. Because there are certain guys, like, you know, we've already said, Brian Reynolds, he's there. Cabrian Hayes, he's there. Uh, Mitch Keller, probably there. Uh, there's just certain guys that probably are going to be on the team no matter what. But there are, I feel, at least six guys who are on the bubble that are position players. I feel that there are three starters who are on the bubble to make the 40-man roster, and three relievers, a lot that people have mentioned. Now, we could go about it this way, and we could say, hey, I could say, hey, Chris, what do you think about, you know, Chris Stratton this year? Should we keep him? But instead of going that way, because, like I said, there's there's these preconceived things about certain players, that I was just going to lay out the stats to you, because, I mean, we're both kind of stats guys to a degree. We play fantasy baseball. And just kind of throw out to say, hey, this is the guy's stats. 
you know, for for this portion of the season. For some guys, it's probably just going to be the second half because they really weren't there in the first half. And it's just going to be, you know, this is what the guy has done for this period of time. Is it enough? Do you think this is a guy that we should at least consider keeping? Or is it someone that we should completely move away from? And we can discuss, you know, the guy a little bit further once you figure out or once we, you know, I reveal who it is. So you ready to get going with this, brother? Dude, I'm ready. Let's do it. And if you need any any more information, I can give you certain information on the guy, but I don't want to reveal who it is. Well, so how about this? Who, is there, I mean, like, is it going to be just based off of this year's stats, or are you going to say this is an improvement over the year before when he did this? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the stats. All right. And if and if you want to hear like how he's done in previous years, you can ask me, or if you want to ask me, maybe like what his war is or something. All right, sounds I good. I can give you to that as well. All right, here we go. So we got a guy who who was with us in the beginning of the year, but has been back since the All-Star break mostly batting 266, 5 home runs and 824 OPS and is not arbitration eligible, so has some team control in that. Is this a guy that you would think, you know, had a fairly decent at least second half of the year? His second half of the year, yeah, based on that second half of the year, I keep that guy around. You are keeping around Anthony Alford. Yeah, I believe that. I believe okay. that. Look, the Pirates believe that too. Think about it. He wasn't good enough to keep around at the beginning of the year. They DFA him. He goes down. He has a very good run in the minor leagues, and they get an opportunity to bring him back up, and they see something in him. They've obviously found some adjustment that they made down in AAA, and, and they were like, hey, I think we've got this unlocked. Look, he was a prospect that was expected to make an impact for one of those teams we just discussed, the Blue Jays, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. And so sometimes... He was supposed to be their center fielder of the future. Right. Sometimes when a guy doesn't work out one place, he catches on someplace else and he starts playing really well. And then you're like, "Woo! look at this that we found. A shiny new toy. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be the starter when you go... Uh, when Your first game of the postseason, when the Pirates finally make the postseason again. I don't know if he's your starting center fielder. But I know I want to see him again next year. I, I want him on the team, and I want to see what he does in spring training. If he makes the team, I'd like to see him every day, and I'd like to see if he can go out there and duplicate what he did in the second half in the first half of 2022. Yeah, and with Polanco gone, and you only pretty much at this point in time have Brian Reynolds in center field, right. so you have you have two outfielders have to the fill, so, so why not? Look, the White Sox found Adam Engel out of a group of like I don't know, like a bunch of draft picks and guys that they pulled out of uh, uh, free agency and 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 the Padres did the same thing with Will Myers. They they had a guy. I mean, there were so many outfielders out there. I mean, I remember uh, uh, Heliot Ramos was out there. there. There are all kinds of different guys. They're, they're all like slipping my mind right now. Padres had so <laughs> many outfielders at one point. They were giving away two in every trade that they made for one outfielder. They're yeah. basically like, hey, can we give you three outfielders for just a guy who's better than those three? They were like, they were playing like fantasy baseball to try to add to their talent because they had so many of them. And, you know, it's okay. Sometimes you find a guy like an Alford who survives that. And, and, and in a couple of years, even if he's not a starter, he's your fourth outfielder on a championship team. And you're like, man, I'm glad we stuck with that guy because he had the pedigree and he figured it out. If you own a business, Elite Benefits of America wants to remind you that health insurance open enrollments are either happening now or coming very quickly. And this is the time to review and implement a health care plan 
to make or keep you as the employer of choice. Deadlines for open enrollment range between November 1st and January 1st. Get ahead of the curve. The Small Business Special Enrollment Period, part of the Affordable Care Act, now allows employers with 49 employees and under to offer health benefits without contributing a dime to the employee plan. Help your employees save money on taxes with health insurance they're already paying for with their hard-earned dollars. Butch Zemar from Elite Benefits of America wants you to reach out to him today. Visit EliteBenefits.net or call 708-535-3006. Okay, moving on to the next guy. The, the guy, this guy, he was batting 280 at the All-Star break. Post-All-Star break, has been batting 241. Ugh. All Had right. four home runs in the first half of the year, five home runs in the second half of the year, is going into, I believe, his second year of arbitration. So you got two more years of arbitration with this guy. Do you want to hear any more? What's his what's his uh, his OPS for the season and what position does he play or at least if he's infield outfield? Uh his OPS for the year is 725 and he plays the infield. All right. So what he is at 725, I want to say I looked last week the league average OPS was 726. So his OPS plus is probably sitting right at 100 or he's at 99. Okay? So he's a replacement level player at the plate and he's not somebody that you necessarily have to say enough. I'm done with him. I would say if he's a younger player, if he's a guy that plays fairly good defense, I would keep him around, but he's also expendable. The moment something else better comes along, there's nothing special about him based upon that you're smirking. So I can't wait to see who this is. Colin Moran. Yeah. Well, you know, but I said that Colin Moran had the possibility of doing what he did in the first half, but also had the capability of doing what he did in the second half. I remember we talked about that when we talked about Josh Bell or Colin Moran. And, and I think that the Pirates wanted to know, I think they felt like Bell was not the long term. And so they wanted to see what Moran was. And again, if somebody else comes along that's better than Colin Moran, Colin Moran's gone. Colin Moran yeah. is a replacement level corner infielder. That did not have a lot of pop this year. What are you telling me? Four and five, so nine total nine this year. Home. That's embarrassing. Yeah, and here's the thing: I mean, he he was out with a with a groin injury, and then he unfortunately both times when he was trying to come back from the groin, got hit in the hand with a ball both yeah. times and was out again. So I think that may buy him some more time with the team. Well, then the fact that the injuries could not- the injuries could have impacted his second half, and. But I mean, what a rough, I mean, he gets, he basically gets told, we want to see what you can do, Colin. And he does not come through. I, I, I thought he'd have a better year. Again, like I said, he comes back. I don't know why you get rid of him, but he's also like the moment somebody comes along that they think is going to be better than him. They have no loyalty to him. Ben Charrington will move on. This one, Chris, is it, it, this, this is fun. This is fun because I get to be brutal about a player without knowing who it is. I love this. Yeah, this this one, I I think you're gonna. It's gonna be pretty easy for you. Pre All Star <laughs> batting two ten, post All Star batting two thirty five. OPS for the year is five sixty five. Gone. Five home runs. Goodbye. How many at bats did he have on the year? Five hundred. Five hundred at bats. I yeah. wouldn't bring that guy back no matter what. That person's a waste of space. Unless you're talking, unless you have somebody that you consider to be a high-end prospect 
that you believe is going to develop, because I don't know who you're talking about, but just based upon that year and that year alone, there is no need to keep that guy on, even as a bench player. Kevin Newman. Sorry, Kevin, you're out. And I agree with that assessment. And he's not at the level at this point. I think he's four years into his career with the Pirates. Okay. Yeah. At this point, that you've seen what he is. Move on. That's what well, I would three do. Year, three, three years. Three in. years. See, I'm, 2009, Yeah, three years in. Yeah, I mean. So he's like, going into arbitration, too. Yeah, I, I, I well, he's not going to get much. See, here's the thing with arbitration. You need, a, not gonna get, yeah. you need a body, and likely he's going to make nothing. Just just absolutely. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. What are they going to do? They're going to walk in there and talk about how, like, he he walks a lot. He makes contact a lot. Like, it, it's the only, I mean, there's, like, there's very. It's like, it's, like, it's like this guy doesn't strike out. Right. And you're like, like That's I not worth care. a lot of money. Like, I, come on. No. I it, Look, the Pirates have a lot of middle infielders, and he's just saving a spot for one of these guys that's going to come up here one day and be a middle infielder on this team when it's good. So it really comes down to the Pirates either have to decide, would we like to go out and see what's out there and bring in somebody else that we think could contribute to this team down the line? Or do we not care about our record? And he just sits out there and he's terrible. And it doesn't matter because it just gives us a better draft spot in the next draft. Because like I said, you're still in a build and I... And you're not ready yet to start competing. You want those early draft selections until your team's ready to compete. But, I mean, look, looking at his stats, that's not a Major League Baseball player. That's a AAA baseball player at best. Yeah, and the defense doesn't make up for it. So let's... No. Next victim. Next victim. Let's go. Okay. So, second half of the year. Right. I always know. Two- I always know when you like a guy because you're like, you focus on his really good second half. Like, I've already picked this up. Like, you're Craig likes this guy because he wants to tell me how good he was since the All-Star break. Go ahead. Well, here's the thing. is For some of these guys, this guy has has three, has, what is he? He has six at-bats. Right. Uh, no, sorry. He has 21 at-bats pre-All-Star. So okay. All that's, right. That's why I'm using this one. All right. That's Post-All, fine. Post-All-Star, he's batting 244. Okay. One home run Ugh. on the season, six ten OPS. Well, that's that's not good. What 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 kind of position are we talking here? Uh, middle infielder. Another middle infielder. Well, somehow he's better than Kevin Newman. If he plays better defense than Newman, you would keep this person over Kevin Newman next year. If he's a prospect that you truly believe in, you would keep this person over Kevin Newman next year. And if you were able to find something better, then you would get rid of this guy and Kevin Newman next year because this is yet another placeholder unless this is somebody, again, who's very early in their career and they project to do better. Who is it? Cole Tucker. Yeah, well, that that makes sense. Somehow Cole Tucker is better. Listen, Kevin Newman, I want to speak with you frankly. Kevin, my name's Chris. I'm one half of Bucks in the Basement. About a year or two ago, my friend Craig sat here at my nine-foot homemade oak bar, and he told me all about you. And I was like, really? And he goes, I love this guy. Then you had a really nice 2019. And you did such a good job that I ran out and added you to my dynasty baseball team. I was like, this guy is going to be a star. And ever since then, Kevin, I've regretted it. I released you very early on in the 2020 shortened season, and I have never, ever regretted it. Kevin, you are probably a wonderful guy. 
I've seen your picture several times when I looked up your stats trying to figure out your worth in my fantasy team. I'm sure if we got together, we could talk about all kinds of interesting things together and be fast friends. But you are not a Major League Baseball player, and you will not be on this team when this team is competitive. (laughs) And if you're worse than Cole Tucker, you should be ashamed of yourself. Ashamed of yourself to be a worse hitter than Cole Tucker. Yeah, I mean, and Chris, here's the thing, man. And it's tough to even, like, every single year for the past, you know, two, you know, seasons we've been talking about Cole Tucker versus Kevin Newman. Yeah, they both suck. Eric Gonzalez, who's no longer on the team. Right. And now it's like, yeah, none of you guys deserve the job. No. No, I'm waiting for the next guys. I'm waiting for uh, Nick Gonzalez to get over here, okay? Can't wait, can't wait to see him show up and uh and don a pirates uniform because he's gonna he's gonna boot one of you guys off of the team. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing myself uh uh Pagero, you know, out there in a pirates uniform. Okay, Marcano, he he's gonna take one of your jobs. There's plenty of guys down there right now that can't wait to come. O'Neill Cruz, he's coming to take your job. Just just go away, both of you. Okay, so we got a guy, one year of arbitration left, batting 268. 705 OPS with four home runs. Man, you know, first of all, you know, ball go far, team go far. And the Pirates need to find home runs. I think that's the first thing I've learned about all these guys that you've talked about. Pirates need more home runs. Remember when we did the simulated season when we didn't know if there was going to be baseball in 2020 and we sat here and we simulated games on MLB The Show on this on this program? And immediately I was like, we can't find a home run on this team to save our life. Yeah. And then we went and we found some home runs, even if they weren't like superstar players, just guys you could find off the scrap heap that just add a little power to your team. They, they need one or two of those guys. They, they really need to find some power. You have that, that beautiful water landing area over the right field wall. I want to see more land out there. Yeah, you need more home runs on this team. Ben Jerrington, don't forget the long ball because teams that don't hit the ball very far don't go far in the postseason. All right, um, but let's go back to this guy again. Give the what? Give me, give me the stats one more time. I got distracted thinking about the lack of home runs in the Pirates. Yeah, so two sixty eight average. That's not bad. Seven oh five OPS. That's a little below average, but it's not the end of the world. And four home runs, one year of arbitration. What position? He mostly middle infield, but has played some outfield. All right, so he goes in and out. Well, here's the thing. If he can play middle infield, he's more valuable than Kevin Newman. And Kevin Newman, or like right here, at this point, you've given me three guys that can play Kevin Newman's position. Kevin Newman should be gone. Just go back, just just you know, rewind a little bit of the podcast, and whatever I said, just add in there, and he should be gone. Like, just move on from him. <laughs> all right? But here's the other thing. This guy's a little bit below uh, below average. I don't know his speed. I don't know if he's a good defensive player. Um, I, I, he's a toss-up. Who, who are we talking about? Wilmer Defoe. You know what? You've been, you've been praising Defoe on this show. You bring him up an awful lot. Is there some reason why you think the Pirates still seem to not lean towards him and instead are leaning more towards a guy like Newman. Does it make sense to you? It's probably, it's probably the years of control. And I I don't think that any of them would be any more expensive than the other ones. Yeah. I mean, Cole, Cole Tucker would be the cheapest because I, you know, he was down for most of the year, so he's not up for arbitration yet. 
Newman's going into his first year of arbitration, and then you have Defoe going into his last year. But between Neiman, uh, Newman and, and Defoe, they they would probably be around the same amount of money. Right. And and Defoe's been pretty good off of off the bench. And if he had to fill in at you know second base for the majority of the season next year, I know he had the one horrible play that pretty much everybody wanted to DFA him where he couldn't read the ball. And it dropped in and it was, you know, lost us the game. But the guy's like, he's a professional baseball player. Right. He started in 2017 and 2018 for the Washington Nationals. He was there like, he was like their main, he started 124 games and 148 games for the Washington Nationals. So he's a professional baseball player. That's why I probably would put him in there. Because you, at this point in time, I feel like you know what you're going to get with him. And that's why, it's not like I'm thinking this guy's great or anything, but... Well, here, here's what I would compare him to. There are players on the Dodgers. There are players on the White Sox. There are players on the Yankees. There are players on the Red Sox. Go go look at their rosters. All of them have a guy that can play infield, outfield, and is doing an OPS around a little over 700, or slightly below 700. That in situations can come off the bench and be a special utility player that moves around. So uh, that's one of the reasons why I probably lean towards holding on the default. You know, look, over all these guys, and we're not if, – if, do you have pitchers here? Well, I, have, I had one more position player, but we could save – We might have, have to time, save some for next week. For next well, we not, could save the pitchers for next week. All right, well, because here's the thing. I'm very concerned – I mean – I want to see him make moves just like everybody else does. They could also very well just offer everybody arbitration and come back with the exact same team because they're not trying to win anything. And if that's the cheapest thing you can do, then that's what you do. You know, and then you replace these guys by just releasing them if you find something better in the offseason you're able to grab because they didn't cost that much money. That's not exciting to me. I know it's not exciting to you. I hope that's not what they do, but it's a possibility. Give me that last position player and then we'll wrap this up. Okay, we got an outfielder batting 246, 738 OPS, eight home runs, and has had a little bit better uh, second half, 255 to 238. I would hold on to him. And that's Ben Gamble, and that's a guy that we've talked about. Yeah. That that's your, that's your veteran in the outfield, and if you started next year with opening day, Ben Gamble in left field, you know, Brian Reynolds in center field and Anthony Alford in right field. Is is that super exciting? Like you're talking about this type of stuff? No, it's not super exciting. But I feel like it's at least at this point in time a more competent outfield and a more steady outfield, I would hope. And and, and if Alford doesn't play well, that's when you're hoping that either Cruz goes to the outfield and you're bringing him up or you're bringing Swaggerty up when he's, right. you know, healthy. Right. There's more, like... I feel like there's more talent and stuff pushing where this time it was like, we got to recycle this year. Next year. I don't think you're gonna have to do that. that. That is your base outfield. And you're right. You said something right there at the very end. Do not forget that word pushing. You want your talent to have to push through. You don't want your talent to know while they're down the minors that they have a spot waiting for them because the team is so bad above them. So it's okay to have guys above to make guys push through. I think the pirates will do that. Remember, they did that earlier on in the year with Brian Goodwin. They put him in the outfield to push the other guys, and then they just let go of him. And he's probably going to the playoffs <laughs> because the Pirates decided to let him go and get him all the play. Think about poor Brian Goodwin. Remember that in the, in the spring training? 
We're like, oh, Brian Goodwin. I feel so bad to Brian Goodwin. He did everything right. They let him go. He's on his way to the postseason. The Pirates are on their way to 100 losses. He, Brian Goodwin's not upset in any way. That's a happy man right there. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing.